We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I am your host for this journey. Today, I'm joined by special guest Whitney Vosberg. Sir, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for uh, having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. Now, we're going to jump straight into the question of the show, which is what do you believe the world needs more of? Love. Mm. And leadership. Mm. I love it. And how do you bring those two more to life yourself each day? Well, love, like all the important things in life, start with self. It's an inside job. Leadership as well is by uh, finding and following your own lead, being your own leader, You know, the leader you always wish you had but will never find because no one else can be your own leader. Uh, you have to love yourself well enough to do that inner work to find your unique gift that you are here to give to the world. Uh, so, you know, it starts with love and it ends with finding and following your own lead. Being a leader of one or 10 or a hundred or a million, it doesn't matter. Numbers are irrelevant. It's the fact that you are responsible for all that comes from your life and flows into the lives of others. Hmm. I love that taking responsibility for all that comes into your life and, and what you allow to overflow into the lives of others. Yes. That's beautiful. Very beautiful. Here's my next question. What would you consider to be your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you? And what are some of the moments that help shape it in life? My wow factor is that I'm always changing. I asked my wife a few years ago, so, and we've been together a long time, <clears throat> what is it that you like about me best? And she said, the fact that you are always changing, you always are good for a positive surprise. I love that. A positive surprise. My, my brain is wildly curious of, of an example of this positive surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's it's loving myself enough to in, intuitively, emotionally, and intellectually know that I am complete as I am. Doesn't mean I can't and will get better. But nobody can tell me what I don't already know. They might remind me. They might help uh, bring clarity to it. But we are complete. Uh, by the time we are, let's say, in our 30s, right? by the time you're 35. Uh, so all the answers are inside. So by 
having an implicit faith, belief, and evidence that follow my gut instincts, what I call GQ, gut intelligence, backed up by my EQ, my heart, my emotional intelligence, backed up by my IQ, my in intellectual uh, intelligence, my brain. When those three, three, three um, elements are in sync, I know that what I feel, think, intuit is in alignment, it is positive, and it all stems from my purpose. What is my unique gift to share with the world? And just as everyone else has a unique gift to share with the world. We are all unique, and so we're all the same, and we're all special and have something special to offer. Now, when did this first show up for you in life? Is it something you've always known? I realize it's always been in there, but when did you when did you start discovering it? Uh, the first half of my life, I ignored my gut instinct, hmm. which led to uh, a series of uh, awesome learning opportunities um, where I, I continuously got my butt kicked um, and we just kept on remind being reminded that, okay, you're not paying attention. Time to pay attention if you wish. So I spent first half of my life being a rebel without a cause. I was against so many things, but it is only when I moved into my late 30s that I started defining myself by what I was for. And that has made a huge difference in my life. That's amazing. That's amazing. And and if, if my my brain's just curious on is there a specific was there a moment was there an epiphany was there a day or was it a series of events stacking that finally tipped you over from, you know, the rebel without a cause to, you know, a, a leader with a cause. Was there a specific moment that spawned that or sparked that or created that transition? There were several uh, events uh my father worked for an international airline, so I grew up living around, all around the world. Mm. So I didn't know who I was or where I was from. And it was only in my late 20s that I had an epiphany, which was, I am me, and home is where I happen to be, like a turtle. So that was the, the first one. Uh, and then the second one, 10 years later in my uh, late 30s, I realized that we all are the sum of our choices. We always have a choice. Even if we think we don't have a choice, we always have a choice. We can act, react, or not act. So I decided to try to not react, to more consciously not act, and more consciously act out of choices based on who I am and becoming. I realized that I'm not a human doing. I'm not defined by my work. I'm not a human having. I'm not defined by what I have because ultimately stuff owns us. We don't own it. So it's, it's a human being, being in the moment because all we have is right now. And moving from there, into a human becoming, 
We are always changing. Everything in this world is always changing. So why not change for the better? And while you're at it, know what you stand for. What's important to you? What is it that is about you that's important to others? Your unique gift. And then uh, in my early 50s, I took a midlife sabbatical, stopped doing what I was doing and did ever less, went on a spiritual quest. Uh, for, for example, I walked a thousand-year-old, thousand-mile pilgrimage on foot in the uh, heart of uh, rural Japan. I then, as an atheist, went to a divinity school, which was a uh, fascinating experience. Uh, so I'm always looking for learning opportunities that are going to challenge my uh, worldview, uh, my habits, uh, my laziness, um, so that I can be stimulated to grow, to continue to grow, to ever change for the better, so that I become a better person, I manifest uh, my gifts in, in a better, more powerful way, and I can help the people in my life become ever better together. Beautiful. Now that that had to be quite an experience to go from an atheist to divinity school. Uh, yes, uh, I uh, went in an atheist. I uh, halfway through uh, became a pantheist which is a believer in all um, traditional and untraditional uh, spirit and religious faiths. Mm -hmm. And I left a, as a panentheist, which is a believer in Gaia, which is the life system that this earth provides for all living beings. Mm. In other words, everything is connected. Um, and the reason why we're in so much trouble with global climate change and other things nowadays is that we used to be part of nature. But the minute several hundred years ago, we considered ourselves apart from nature and that it was our plaything to do as we wish, that's when we got into trouble. Very true, very true. I have a side question I'll throw in at the end for... <laughs> Just out of curiosity, um, but but given your background, I think you might have a really interesting insight. But I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll stick with my normal question, which is, along this journey, and you've been on quite the journey here. What's a moment that's made you feel incredibly humble? When I had a, a serious health incident, hmm. uh, which could have been life-threatening, uh, my doctor said, "Oh, it's impossible. You're far too healthy." To have that uh, and I said doc I looked up the symptoms this is what I got and he said nah go home take two aspirin and I said no I'm not going home um, so I went back to the waiting room he happened to uh, call his wife who's a specialist in this particular uh, condition and she said are you kidding you get him back in uh, into the ER uh, immediately and uh, have a series of tests done. It turned out that I was right. So the thing is, no one can be an expert on you as much as you are yourself. Mm. 
if you know what you know and you know it with firm conviction, don't let anyone else dissuade you. It saved my life. Powerful. Very powerful. What about an awe-inspiring moment? looking at the grandeur and awesome beauty of nature, um, moving from uh, the East Coast out to the uh, West Coast and seeing uh, Yosemite for the first time. It's just like, wow. Photographs don't do it any justice whatsoever. This is just so much more awesome and inspiring and beautiful and grandiose. So very true. So very true. I remember watching, I think it was a sunset, and it wasn't over Half Dome, but we were at Half Dome. Mm -hmm. It was was spectacular. Yeah, and and then there's this movie about the uh, fellow who uh, climbed up there uh, freehand um, in like three and a half hours. Oh, wow. Apparently, it's an incredible movie. Uh, I saw it, uh, I read about it in the latest National Geographic. That's also... Truly awesome. Very cool. That's true. There's certain things you can't explain to someone. They have to experience themselves, like stars when you're out in the woods. Yes. There are certain places I've been in the world that uh, are traditional uh, spiritual centers, and you can literally feel some sort of specialness about it, whether it was uh, Machu Picchu in Peru or the... uh, old city in Jerusalem. Um, there's just certain places in the world that uh, are truly special. It's true. It's true. I think going back to something you mentioned earlier, having that implicit faith, it being willing and able to tap into that guide, was your move from the East Coast to the West Coast a guided decision, a gut decision, a forced decision? How did it how did it happen? I uh, decided that uh, after living in LA and New York, I wanted to live in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Hmm. Um, so I just waited for the right time in my life hmm. where I was able to uh, move uh, to uh, where I'm now to to this day in Berkeley. Hmm. Um, it's I, I moved because I wanted to. It's not because I had a job or um, clients waiting for me. It's just my wife and I decided that's where we wanted to be, and we've been there ever since. And it uh, was a um, intuitively a really um, great move uh, because it was just the right place um, at the right time in my life uh, for all that I have done. Um, since then and will continue to do. I love that. Our our next question has a bit to do with fear and many people. um, I've noticed my wife and I move around a lot too. And, and, you know, we just decide to go somewhere and go somewhere. And and we have a very similar pattern of what you just described. Like we decided to move to San Francisco for two months. Mm -hmm. So we did it. And, and, you know, when you get in the taxis or the Ubers or talk to the local people, they're like, Oh, do you have a job here? Like what brought you here? Choice. (laughs) 
felt like it. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's it's a foreign concept to so many people. They have yes. this deep-rooted fear of, will it work? How do I know what's going to happen? What, what, and their brain turns into a pile of what-ifs. Um, and usually they're not the positive what-ifs. And, and how, in your experience, what would you share with them on using that internal guide, using the intuition, trusting, waiting for the right time, how, what might be helpful for someone who may be considering or wanting to make a move like that who might not know how to? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Jarek. Uh, it's a pivotal question. It, it's, it's so many different ways to answer that. Um, it, everything I've done in life has been project-based, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, work, school, travel, uh, art, um, is it, it's, it's that everything for me has a, a, a distinct and discrete beginning, middle and end. And there's, there's a series of projects, um, that overlap with one another. Hmm. Uh, so it, I just make it, uh, and if you really think about it, a job is really a project. Some projects last a long time, can, can be decades, but it's still a project. Everything is a project. So when you start looking at life and you're chopping it up into smaller, easier to digest um, and stomach bits of activity, um, it becomes more doable. Um, another thing is we don't own stuff. Stuff owns us. Mm-hmm. It's not how much money you have. It's about how little debt you have. The less debt you have, the more freedom you have, the more choice you have, the less fear you have. There's great, great, great power in what you just said. Um, my, my wife and I, the, the latest move, we had bought it. We, we met in San Diego, lived a couple months in Costa Rica, did a road trip across the country for 20 days in an RV, moved to Tampa. And at one point, my wife, the sweetest moment, she looked up after five months of being on the road out of two suitcases and said, can I get a dresser again? <laughs> we started laughing. I was <laughs> like, of course. Tell me. We can get whatever we want. And, and so we, we unpacked our stuff in San Diego, moved it to Tampa, bought a house, put it all together. I'm like, there, you have as many dresses as you want. Like whatever you, you, she's just like, it's hard as a girl to live out of one bag. I mean, I need winter clothes, summer clothes, dresses, formal wear, beach clothes. So it's a lot for a woman in one bag. We were laughing. And so we, we built a little house and then something happened. And what happened was we kind of got stuck. Not because we couldn't go anywhere. We could do whatever we want. It's just, we were stuck because of so much stuff was there and mm-hmm. it became heavy. It became an anchor to that point. And so just about nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15 months ago, we decided we wanted to unstuck ourselves and mm-hmm. move on. Mm-hmm. So we went through and we got rid of everything we didn't need. We summed our stuff down to maybe 10 little boxes that go with us. They mm-hmm. can fit on a, you know, a tr- couple truck pallets that we have shipped right. back and forth. Yep. We just picked a rental house that had all kinds of furniture in it, left all of our furniture and stuff as a mm-hmm. furnished rental, rented our house to someone else. Mm-hmm. And now we just pop back and forth from side to side on the country. And, you know, we have a friend for 1500 bucks who move all of our stuff for us from one side to the other. We get there, unpack it, put it up, and we're good to go. And we just keep going. A nomadic lifestyle. Yeah. And it, it, it's so freeing because we've narrowed down. We constantly narrow down. 
there's no, even though we only have our like 10 or 12 boxes, yep. usually there's a box or two that never gets opened each time we go somewhere. Yep. We always get rid of that box or donate it by the end of where we move next because we didn't use it. <laughs> there was no use for it. Right. <laughs> that stuff gets donated, and then we only keep the ones we use each place. Yeah. If you don't use it, lose it. Exactly. And and the lightness, the freedom that creates is amazing. But I, like you said, we don't own stuff. Stuff owns us. And I think we don't realize how that stuff keeps us stuck so often. And Wait. And I, Go ahead. I, I think it goes to the physical stuff, but then it also goes to the other stuff we carry around, the emotional stuff, the mental yes. stuff. Emotional uh, uh, baggage. Yeah. Handed down from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's so, it feels so good to lighten up. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean it's easy because it's not. It's not simple either. Um, but it can be made easier and simplified um, there are many wonderful uh, and inspiring uh, approaches and um, techniques, programs, books, whatever, to help uh, us all lighten up uh, in that way. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, uh, the biggest um, passion killer are mortgages. Mm. Um, there are far too many people far too many marriages, far too many careers that are centered around the monthly mortgage payment. Mm. Particularly in high rent, high uh, priced uh, areas, such as where I'm in the Bay Area. Yep. So it becomes all about meeting your next payment. That's not a way to live. No. That's definitely stuck. Yes. I actually talked to someone on a plane um, who was working for a biotech company up there and he mm -hmm. was telling me a story and he, he, he had that exact situation. He's like, we had this beautiful house. We had everything we wanted. I had this great job, but it just wasn't it. And I needed to move on. And we had this weird pivotal moment that everything was on, which was, are we willing to move, you know, 20 or 30 minutes in a different direction mm -hmm. in return for not having to do something I hate every day. And, and in the beginning, it was like, not really. We like the life we have. We're kind of stuck. And then after so long, they came to, you know, came to a different conclusion and said, yeah, let's do it. Who cares? It's just stuff. And they, they got rid of their old house. They got a new house 30 minutes in one direction, which was mm -hmm. significantly less expensive. Mm -hmm. And it gave him the opportunity to go work for this new startup that was way more fun and exciting. Um, and the interesting situation for him, uh, they were they were getting lined up for a potential IPO, which right. would make him a significant amount of money right. that he would have never been able to make right. if he was at that old job. Yeah, <laughs> and it's ironic. It all started with the decision: Are we comfortable getting uncomfortable? Yes, yes. The thing is, in life, if your your gut, your heart, your head are in alignment. And, and you have at least a sense of, of what your purpose, your unique gift is, um, is to lean into your discomfort, mm -hmm. not away. Because that's your gut telling you, yes, keep on going. That's the direction. I love it. Speaking of discomfort, what's your greatest fear?
that I don't live out my life purpose fully as much as I can. And what is your life's purpose? My purpose, my calling, mm -hmm. is to help, guide, and inspire others to find and follow their path to be their own leader, to share their unique gift with the world, with whom best to share it and how best to share it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Speaking of purpose, what are you most excited about for your future? Having a long series of exciting learning opportunities and moments to be uncomfortable so that I, I can ever grow into my own greatness. Mm, I love that. Okay, sir, we're going to switch into our second segment of the show. This is the nuts and bolts. This is the tactical, tangible, practical, applicable, immediately applicable type information for our listeners. First question here is where do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life each day as of right now? Well, there's the strategic level, which is how to, in any way I can, help inspire personal, organizational, social, and global consciousness from being apart from nature to being part of nature. Mm -hmm. And tactically, it's trying to develop books, speeches, learning platforms, and anything else I can get my hands on that might help people and organizations and communities start making that shift because nothing of long-term consequence is going to happen before we have that shift in consciousness. What's the base level decision that needs to be made by people to have that kind of shift level of consciousness? Like if there was a starting point, if there was a personal decision or an organizational decision that needed to be made, What's the very first step for people listening? To realize and take the first step of, of a journey, a lifelong journey to becoming their own leader. Mm -hmm. Only you, no one else, is responsible for you, your lead, your gift, your life. It's all an inside job, which is the, why mindfulness is so important. So true. I love that. Choosing to become your own leader is that very first step in the process. Yes. I am it. I am me. It's a, it, it's a game of tag with one person. 
<laughs> that, that creates a beautiful mental image. <laughs> Just someone realizing that the only person they have to reach out and touch is themselves to light up the possibility of getting started. Start today by giving yourself a big hug. Hmm. I love that. In this process, strategically helping people and organizations go from a part of nature to part of nature in creating those learning platforms and helping people make that decision to become their own leaders, what would you say is a key to your success in all this? As summed up by uh, Yuval Hariri, a well-known author and uh, historian, he said that the greatest life skill of the 21st century is reinvention. I agree with them. I would add to that a sense of play, strong sense of curiosity, just of always asking why and why not. I love that. The thing is, here, here's a good visual for you. If you're busy holding on to what was, you cannot open up your arms and embrace the new. It's either or. Either you're holding on to what was, the old, which probably isn't working for you or anyone else, or you can let go and embrace the new. New possibilities, new potential. Just a total side thought. People like holding on to stuff, though. Going all the way back to even the physical stuff that weighs them down, the mental and emotional stuff. Needing to make that decision to be their own leader, to have the choice to let go of certain things, is really hard for some people. Yes, it is. For instance, I like um, stuff. Uh, being an artist, fourth-generation artist, I have all kinds of beautiful objects uh, that were owned or created or painted um, by my mother, grandfather, great-grandfather, um, grandmother, aunts. Uh, what's important to me is not only their, their works of, of arts and they're beautiful, but they have tremendous sentimental value to me. Um, so, but I also know that it can be gone in a matter of seconds or moments. My, my wife and I bought a um, country house uh, up to 100 miles north of uh, the Bay Area. Um, it was one of the first big fires in Northern California. It uh, incinerated 90% of our community uh, and, and killed two people, um, neighbors of ours. So just in, in a matter of hours, uh, we thought we had lost everything, we lost our community, we lost two of our neighbors, and then realized that a few, like two or three days after the fire, we, we our house survived, you know, one of less than 10%. Um, so we rode the roller coaster, and what was important to us wasn't the house, it wasn't the stuff inside it, it was our neighbors, it was our community, because we chose to live there in that community first. And then we looked at a series of houses and, and bought the one that we still are in to, to this day. Many people lost their homes uh, 
and the community. For us, it's just bad enough to have lost our community. We're all social beings. You know, the, the definition of Ubuntu, um, which is the way of societies organized in Africa, is I am but for you. Without you, I am nothing. We're relational social beings. It's not about stuff. It's about community, about being better together. That's beautiful. I, I think there's something I, I pipe up pretty strongly about um, a few times throughout interviews. We've had people describe their their uh, vacation or their volunteer journey that they went on where they were a tourist kind of traveling through trying to help and do good and they used the phrase but we were there and we saw people who had nothing but they seemed to be so happy and I always pause them and I say well what did they have were they happy yeah were they healthy yeah did they have a loving community of people who cared about them yeah I'm, I'm not sure what you mean by nothing then mm. and it goes back to you know, what we've been connecting to and connecting the dots for people listening is the fact that when you have the things that matter most, you have everything. Yes. Um, the tricky part is our brain is somehow, maybe it's survival mechanism or, or trying to thrive in comparison to society. Um, it's come up with the illusion that we need so much more than, than what we really need. I think speaking of, of those moments, it's, you know, a blessing that your house was still there. But for some reason, I just have the weird experience in life where, you know, learning to find the beauty in, in the ugliest moments is, is something so very special in life. And it creates such freedom for people. And it's not fun to go through those moments. Like, it's a bad moment. But it's a beautiful moment when you can find the joy in it. And there's something so freeing when you go and stand in those moments where people are, are sad and hurt and some are devastated or frustrated for a moment and for a little bit because it's stuff and it was important. But then there's an epiphany moment where all of a sudden they look around and they see, you know, their dog or, or their cat or their, their best friend or their neighbor. And, and you see just tears of joy come out and it's the recognition of all the stuff was burned away, even though the beauty of what's most important is still standing or walking or, or sitting right next to them. And in that moment of recognition, the beauty that flows down someone's cheek in the form of a tear is a, I, I've always say is a recognition of freedom where you see I, someone standing there in a beautiful place because they're recognizing, you know, the, the joy in seemingly a, a very dark and hard moment in life. That is uh, not only uh, profound, but most poetic, Jarek. That is one of the hardest things to learn in life mm. is that everything, no matter how hard, how difficult, how devastating is a learning opportunity. It's a gift. It's true. It's so true. I think that's one of the hardest lessons. <laughs> it, it, it might be the hardest. Yeah. Uh, I, I've traveled all over the world all my life. Uh, I've been to some of the so-called poorest countries um, in the world. And I never ceases to amaze me that the less people have, the more generous they are. Why? Because they know what it's like to go without. That's right. So true. So true. Well, sir, we've come to our final question. 
And then I'd love to know where to send people to find more and experience all that you're up to. But our final question is what is one actionable tip that can help others listening achieve and experience the same kind of success in their life that you've been able to create and experience in yours? Always do more of what you love, whatever it is. Philosophically, practically, if you want to find the trends and patterns of your life, write down on a couple of different pieces of paper on a, or on your laptop or your iPad, um, everything you've ever done in terms of work projects, play projects, volunteer projects, educational projects, sleep on it, come back to it, and you will be amazed at, if you really look at it and keep on looking at it, at the trends and patterns of your life. In other words, what is the common thread? This might very well lead you to discovering, if you haven't already, your unique gift to give to yourself and to others. I love that. I love that. Now, I know you are up to amazing things in the world. You've created on different learning platforms, many different things that can help companies and individuals. If they want to learn more about those, if they want to come and find you or connect with you, where can we send everyone who's listening to do so? Sure. Uh, a good place to start is a website, www.workthefuture.today. You can also uh, follow my uh, tweets on Twitter at brandguru. I'm also on uh, LinkedIn. And uh, the books are on Amazon. Perfect. Work Perfect. the future today. Work the future today. Well, sir, thank you so much for joining us. It was a privilege to share such greatness with everyone listening. Um, thank you for, for being so open and sharing so many great stories and adventures and insights. My pleasure, Jarek. And uh, thank you for your inspiring uh, questions and sharing. Of course. And for everyone listening, if you heard something that you like, you know a friend, a colleague, a family member needs to hear, we believe that sharing is caring and we like caring people around here. So make sure to share it with them. And we very much look forward to seeing you all next episode. 